0: This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in iTunes.
1: Okay, happy Halloween! Um, Today, ladies and gentlemen, our focus is on horror on screen and maybe even some scary backstage stories, uh, because we've got them, right?
2: We do. (laughs)
0: we'll find them somewhere we'll find them (laughs) they're all scary i would like to introduce
1: to you my honored guests to my far left, we have Mr. G. Jonathan Stark, who John, John and I have been playing in and out of the theater together for about thirty years now.
2: I think so. Yeah. Um,
1: cool. Johnny is a writer, a producer, an actor, born in Erie, Pennsylvania. His first writing Woo! job. Yeah. Come on, go Erie, Erie, Erie. Erie,
2: Erie. <laughs> it's a gate, We call it the gateway to Cleveland. Just so. <laughs>
1: As far as I know, John's first professional writing job was on a show called Cheers. Heard of it? Mm -hmm. And so we have been giving each other jobs since then, and we've been working together since then. Um, He is well known for creating a show called According to Jim. He won the Emmy, thank you, and the Writers Guild Award and broke all kinds of new ground in television for writing the puppy episode, a.k.a. Yep, I'm Gay, episode of Ellen DeGeneres' show, Ellen. Um, He is known to you and here today because he played the vampire bodyguard and the servant Billy Cole in Fright Night... And he played Charlie in House Two, and we're gonna look at a little bit of horror movie and have a lot of fun with that. Uh, and Johnny is the reason that the guest, my, our guest, our honored guest to my immediate left, is here because Johnny and Barry Bostwick met a couple of months ago. You know, a couple, of weeks, a couple ago, weeks ago. A couple weeks ago. Yeah. And John said, hey, Sherry, for that Halloween thing that you're doing up at UCSB, would you like to get Barry Bostwick? You know, he was in Rocky Horror Picture Show. And I said, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But Barry and and my husband Billy and I go back about 30 years as well. Yep. When um, we worked on a pilot together, we wrote a pilot for Barry and then got, I think the word you used was. Can Yeah. Canned, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was. It was really one of the one of our very earliest firings, and that could be a horror story we discussed today. Mm-hmm. But um, but it's it's just so great to be back. So you
2: all have a can in your future, by the way. So yeah. just <laughs> Yeah. And know, that's many important. Of them.
1: We've been learning that, and we've been learning that the important thing is to know how to get out of that particular can and back up on your feet. So mm-hmm. we'll talk about that. Um. So Barry was born in San Mateo, California. Mm -hmm. And he went to the United States International University and majored in acting. We are gonna and did NYU's graduate acting program. And then in 1972, originated the role uh, of Danny Zuko in Greece on Broadway. Heard of it? Uh, after that he earned, and he earned a Tony nomination for that, and then went on to win the Tony Award for the Robert Bridegroom between those two Tony uh, outings. he played Brad in Rocky Horror Picture Show, which I want to let you know is playing tonight at 10 pm we 're at the Magic Lantern. Embarcadero, Embarcadero, 10 p.m. tonight. So we'll watch a little bit of Rocky Horror tonight, uh, just now, and then uh, you can go see the rest of it at 10 o'clock because we want you to all have a safe and sane Halloween. Um, So Barry has gone on to do so much TV and so much film, it's not even funny. Um... I've tried
0: to be funny sometimes.
1: We're, we're going to be okay, funny. Right. But yeah. there's so many that I, if I list them, we'll be here until 645, only listing mm-hmm. things that you've done on TV. But we've done our Law and Order SVU. We've done um, Spin City for six years mm-hmm. with Michael J. Fox and then with Charlie Sheen. Uh, we've done episodes of Cold Case and Glee that harken back to that Rocky mm-hmm. Horror thing. Right. We've done Ugly Betty, Private Practice, Cougar Town Scrubs. Uh, we did the, the, the series, um, George Washington, the mini series, and then years later, more recently, played another president, FDR, in
0: FDR F- American Badass.
1: FDR American Badass, yeah. which, if you have not seen this, you have to see this because it's really funny yeah. and really outrageous, yeah. and uh, it's your Netflix viewing for the weekend. Mm-hmm. So, I would like us to please welcome Jonathan Stark and Barry Bostwick to our stage. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you.
1: So, um, I would like to ask you when you were growing up, when you were young in Erie, Pennsylvania, and San Mateo, California, what were the first early signs? That you would have a career in the entertainment industry were there early markers of future success?
0: Huh? You go first. Ah. Um, I was uh, I was relatively successful with girls. You know, I mean, I mean, think, you know, that's really going sort of... how
1: far back? Like fourth oh, grade. Oh, high, high school. Oh,
0: yeah. I mean, that was my first. I mean, no, I didn't lose my virginity in the fourth grade. Good. But you know, I thought about it. Um, <laughs> But no, in high school, I think, you know, I was... uh, uh, My first real love was a dancer, and she had worked at a... She had, you know, dance recitals and stuff through her studio, and I was always brought in to partner her, you know, so I was doing that, and then I started doing little theater, and I started doing community theater, and then I started doing high school theater, but it was always because... There was always a pretty girl somewhere around. Ah. You know? So
1: it's what you did for love.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Love.
1: We're going to go with that, right, guys?
2: And what's your story? I was relatively unsuccessful with girls, so so I got into theater for that. Uh, So basically, whatever you do in theater, it doesn't have anything to do with girls. No, Um, I I, I wanted to get into it. There was like a... Summer program in Erie it was called the Mill Players, and they would do all these musicals, you know King and I, and all this stuff and and i wasn 't a big star in the shows, but I 'd always be like in the King and I was a guard, I had to always stand like this and um, I did smaller roles and stuff, but it was just fun because it was like a family and uh, I, I had that I never had that feeling before when I did that kind of stuff and it, you know you 'd paint scenery and you 'd build sets and you'd do all this stuff, and it was you really felt like you were in a group of people that you, you you had a kinship with. And that always carried through, uh, but I never decided to do that as a career. It just was something I, I loved doing.
1: Um, mm. Just a quick show of hands, how many people here have been in a high school or a community theater or a kids' production? Good. Okay, yeah, so we know okay. what we're talking about. That, that sense of working and, with other people. And how
0: many did it because there was a pretty girl in the cast? Thank you, very or, much. Thank you. Or, Of course. Right. yeah. yeah. Uh, One well, look at you, I could tell.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so we start, we, we discover this thing, we discover this world for other reasons, and then we find out we're kind of good at it. Like, did you know you were talented? Did you know, like, obviously, you're a very talented dancer. When did you figure out you could sing?
0: In high school, I me I uh, uh, I was uh, I, when, I, when I was in high school, it was the folks era, you know, Kingston and Trio and this and that. A but,
1: mighty wind for those. Right, right, the, yeah.
0: yeah, mighty wind. <laughs> and, and so we, I had folk groups in high school, you know, Ron and Barry. I, I couldn't <laughs> even get first billing. I couldn't go Barry and Ron didn't seem to work. And Ron it's and Barry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and of course, I had a group with my girlfriend, Tracy and Barry, you know. And then, uh, um, and we would play uh, prisons and things like that. We would go and do prison gigs. Like and, Johnny
1: Cash. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, and we, uh, YMCA's, we were big at, on the YMCA circuit, you know. Were I you, mean, the, were the you straight being, YMCA circuit. I understand. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Were you being paid for this? Or were you just doing uh, it to get ex- no, experience? No,
0: just experience. You know, I don't think we got paid. I would, my parents would, I would get my parents to uh, have some of their friends have us over for a, a party and they would give us a couple of bucks, you know. But, no, I was very concerned about... Actually, no, it's true. I was very concerned about money. You know, and a lot of it I did because I could make a few bucks and I couldn't do anything else. I didn't want to mow lawns, you right. know, something like that. So I, you know, I would work on my singing and guitar playing and, and all that. And... Um, Trying to find two shirts that matched.
1: How'd that go? Uh,
0: pretty good, actually. I'm yeah. looking.
1: No. No, not, <laughs> no, no, not no. you.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm no. Nothing's matched since then. Uh, it's yeah. like we're
1: gonna get you some granimals. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: so, <laughs> tiger goes with tiger. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Um, I ask because it's something that we hear quite often that people, uh, in various different walks of the entertainment industry, start out by giving it away until they get paid sure. for it. Is that, so would you say that that was true of you? I still give it away. Oh, you do?
0: Oh, yeah, 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 sure. I, I do uh, a web series. I do uh, little, I just did a pilot last weekend for a, a comedy uh, central thing, a comedy central little pilot for, um, it, and, you know, I'm always like working for $100 a day for a friend who's doing a, a low budget feature or something. You're not like doing that. this for free, are you? Because oh, we're 100. all getting paid. Yeah, you know, you know, <laughs> Yeah. No. Yeah. Huh. Um, uh, yeah. No. So I mean, it con- it continues. You know. I mean, I do it now for nothing because I believe in the people that I'm working with, and I believe in their talent, and I think that they're you know have a future. And and if I can add anything to the sort of mix, um, I, I'm happy to do it. You know. And also gives me a chance to play characters that. You know, actors, you, you know this. I mean, it's, it, it, you get locked into a style or into a character that they're always casting you as, you know, and you finally get to play FDR American Badass, you know, where you're saying things like, but does my cock still work? You know, things like that. <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you, I, I couldn't do that on ABC. You, know?
1: no. you could, but there would be a beep Yeah, a... right, right. <laughs> Johnny, did you start out working for free? Were you always paid for being an actor and, or, or a writer?
2: No, I did. Uh, I was involved in when I, I, I went to college and got a degree in education and uh, art education, and I student taught and I hated it. But you know, my mother was like, "Well, you need to get a you need to get something to fall back on if you want to," you know. And I said, "Well, I, don't, I really don't like it," she, and she was pretty cool about it. She said, "Okay, whatever, but but you've got it. You've got your degree, so." Um, I kind of got involved after that. I was hanging around eerie, and not knowing what I wanted to do. And a friend of mine said, uh, "Hey, we're doing a, a 1776 at the college," and uh, I said, uh, "Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it." You know. So then I started doing that. I did like five productions there, and after the fifth production, I just said, "I really like this. This is the same feeling I had when I was uh, when I was doing the Mill Players, doing the, the mm-hmm. summer theater thing." And I like it. And I don't know if I'm going to be good at it or not, or succeed at it, but I kind of want to go for it just to do it. You know, I mean, it's always a crapshoot. You never know what you're going to, if you're going to succeed or not, but you've got to go for what, you, what you're dreaming, you know, so.
1: So was it that sense of, yes?
2: I always knew what I wanted to do,
0: you know, and I don't find that's true today. With my, I've got teenagers, as you know, and I, they don't really know yet what they want to do, and I'm sure many of you out here are, you know, getting a good liberal arts education and are trying to figure out what the next step is, you know. But I, I was very fortunate in that I think from mid-high mid, mid high school, I knew that I wanted to be an actor. And everything I did from then forward uh, was, um, you know, aimed there. I, you know, took acting classes in school. I mean, I got my Bachelor of Fine Arts in acting from a college. Went to NYU to work on acting. You know, I never, I never really uh, did anything else other than park cars and take coats. You know, at...
1: not professionally, but you are constantly creative. You're an artist. You work. You're a potter, and you work yeah. in leather. And so you're, you know, there's this creative, uh, you know, urge that expresses in different ways. Would that be fair to say? Well, yeah,
0: but I also learned at a very young age that. Uh, if you're going to be in show business, you also have to have an incredibly long list of hobbies that you really love, you know, because you don't do show business that much of your day or your week or your month. So you have to find other things that are going to feed you, you know, and, and um, whether I was always doing sculpting and then that turned into pottery 25 years ago, and, but it's always something that I can do. Whether, or, or taking classes at UCLA, uh, you know, evening courses in something. You know, just always had to keep myself busy. The, the curiosity factor, I think, is the real trick to any actor or anybody who's in show business. Is You just can't lose that sense of curiosity, Right. You're curious uh, now. You're wondering. Well, I'm wondering what, what you're saying. You're I have no about. idea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: a, <laughs> well, but know, I I, I I understand what you're talking about. It's one of the things that informs, I think, a really talented actor is this curiosity, this fascination with being able to make something out of nothing. Yeah. To take a character off a piece of paper and bring it to life, but that expands into other creative outlets, and yet. I... I I mean, one of the difficult things in the past about having acting as a career is you have to wait for somebody to cast you in a show or a movie or a TV series, and what do you do while you're waiting? How do you, how do you ex- express your creativity? So for you, it's artistically.
0: Right. You know, and a lot of actors have... Uh, belong to groups, like you, you know, belong to improv groups yeah. or small theater groups or this and that, and... Um, um, I always found acting so difficult, hard, and that I didn't want to sort of just do it on a weekly basis. I just wanted to do it when they were you know when when I had that scepter of failure over me you know that and they were paying me that's really what it was about
1: i I, I want to follow that for one second. go ahead. Why is it hard for you because you make it look unbelievably easy. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, Barry was just on Scandal last season, too. Remember, you guys? Mm-hmm. So you make it look so easy playing such a huge range of characters. Why is it hard?
0: It, you know, it's because I have a hard time focusing, I think, one of the things. I think I'm probably a, very ADD, and I you know, didn't know it. And, but I, it, So for me to sort of pull it together and to be able to really uh, do it uh, it, it to the. I have to divorce myself from a lot of other things in my life. And it, that's hard. I'm not making any sense you, at all. Do I look uh, like
1: you're not making sense? N-
0: uh, no, but it's the reflection in your glasses <laughs> and I'm looking
2: at myself going, you're not making any sense <laughs> at all. Um,
1: if you could see behind yeah, my glasses, yeah, yeah, you would yeah. know that you're making sense. You're yes. actually
2: making sense to me on this one. So I'm, I'm, I'm un- understanding, <laughs> it, yes.
1: <laughs> Johnny, so... so I want, to, I want to throw that same question to you. Is acting hard for you or is it easy?
2: You know what's hard is making it easy. That's, it's yeah. so hard. It's like improv. Yeah, I, does anybody here do improv? Anybody? A few people, okay. What's really hard about learning improv... Is, is getting rid of all the crap in your head, of, of when you're up on stage and you're, you're just mm-hmm. speaking from you know, extemporaneously and you're, you don't have an idea of what you're saying and that little thing in your head that's telling you that's not the right thing or that's not funny or whatever, the hardest thing is to get rid of that. And once you get rid of that, it starts to become easy. And I think that's the same thing in acting too. I think improv and acting are so similar in so many ways because when you act, you, you're doing somebody else's lines but you're still, you're still improvising your thoughts and your feelings and what's going on. Everything, you know, you don't really know what's going to be happening in front of you. You just have these lines. So you have to kind of improvise even within the lines when you're acting. Oh, I think just the opposite. I think. Uh, well, that's it. I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're
0: full of shit, is what I think, <laughs> basically. Um, No, it's because because you're good at at improv. I mean, you're an expert at it, you know? And me, I'm a person who wants to know what comes next. Yeah. And I want to be able to rehearse it, and I want to have some boundaries, and, you know, this and that. And uh, my worst class in college at NYU was my improv class. Hated it, you know? I mean, I had stomach aches every morning, and, you know, it was colitis for days, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, Uh, yeah. Because I... I didn't, there's rules, you know, and when you're improvising, there's certain rules, right? I mean, there's a set of rules that you have to follow, (laughs) and you can't dismiss what the other person is giving you, um, and, and throw off the whole scene, but you also have to have such
2: trust. But the rules to me are like, when you're doing, you know, when you... I don't know if anybody knows how to drive a standard here, but I I learned on my brother's standard and ground the gears. and Yeah, you know, (laughs) that kind of thing. But when you're learning a standard, you have to do the, the, the gears, and you have to lift out the clutch and the gas at the same time. And it took me six months to learn it. I could not figure it out because I was trying so hard to learn it. Once you let it go, it actually becomes pretty easy. So for me... Uh, you know, you spend so many years learning the rules of acting. You learn the rules of improv. You learn all these rules, and then when you let them go, yeah. you know, then they're just kind of second nature. Yeah.
1: When mm. when you studied acting, did you were you in you know a Meisner or Stanislavski or any of those schools of acting, or were, was it just all about practice? Did you either one any? of you?
2: No, I
0: I, no I, I I didn't have any. I mean, because like, in college. We, it was sort of prior to where they would take a, you know, a group of students and send them to one particular studio, and there'd be one particular you know, genre of acting. And uh, we were just sort of a little of this, a little of that, and whatever worked and got you through
2: the month. You know? Yeah, the rules stuff was like Stanislavski. You had to do so much prep, and he had to do so much work, and sense memory, and all this stuff. Yeah. And it was just too much work for me. I didn't want to do it. You know, it was like doing homework. And so I just go and start reading the lines and whatever came to my head is kind of what I, you know, would do.
1: So in other words, for you, it's just kind of getting out of the way of the character, getting yourself, John Stark, out of the way of the character, or is it putting yourself into the character? I think it's putting yourself
2: into the character and and just kind of going, well, and just trusting that you're going to come up with something when you you do this character. You're going to come up with a way of saying things that's different than the way I would say it or, or the way... If, if somebody's evil, you know, you, you, you don't necessarily play evil, but you have a feeling about you. You just assume that you're evil. I mean, you don't have to say evil things.
1: What is, and I've heard this as a writer, we've had this question. I'm going to open it up to your guys' questions, so be thinking of them in just a second. For you, for, actually for both of you, talk a little bit about the differences between doing stage, film, and television. For you, how do those different media impact your work as actors. Johnny? Well, I, I
2: never really loved doing TV. It was because it's... The, the ones I did, especially back then, were just, you know, um, in front of an audience, and you, if you screwed up your lines, and you're always on a show, unless you're the star of the show. Like, I did Cheers. I did an episode of Cheers that, that uh, Sherry and, and Bill brought me in on, and... Um, by the way, uh, trivia fans, I think I may be the only person that actually wrote on Cheers and was a guest star. Is that true? Oh, really? Perhaps. Let's say yes. Okay. Um, but I did an episode of it, and as great as it was, and as great as the cast was, I was always afraid of forgetting my lines or screwing up in front of an audience and in front of the cast who is just phenomenal, and I'm just like this little cog in the wheel at that point. So... TV was never my favorite thing to do. I always love films because you do two pages a day, maybe, I mean, if, you know, maybe three or four if they're really going fast. But, you know, that's, it's pretty, it's pretty easy to do. So it's not a lot of pressure. And stage, I love doing just because it's all continuous. You know, there's no cutting. There's nothing. It's, you're really living, you're, you're, you're living the life up there.
1: But how is doing stage different from doing television in front of a live audience?
2: Oh, boy, that's a good question. I know you still have to remember your lines, don't you? Yeah. Well, you have a bigger rehearsal period,
1: and it's only one set of lines.
2: Yeah, I mean, I always never liked remembering lines, but uh, uh, that's why I like improv so much now, because I have to memorize stuff. Did you always think your
0: lines were better than the ones that were written on the page? No, I, think I, I thought I just did them better. Oh, good, yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I told these guys our, the first week we were together... Remember that time that our guest was late and I had to talk for a long time? Um, that the reason I learned that I was a, uh, a writer at heart when I think I was 26 years old was John and I were together on stage in a play that Billy and I had written. And I remember feeling happier when John got a laugh Saying a line that I thought of, than when I got a laugh saying a line that Billy thought of. Oh, really? And that's how I knew I was happier to be a writer. It was what, you know, what basically, what, paying attention to those things that make you feel right. And it made me feel more right to hear you get a laugh than to get one myself. We
2: know Billy was kind of involved with me deciding to write too because, um, well, I was doing improv. I did it for a long time, and he said, oh, did, you ever, did you ever write? And I said, no, I, I never, I mean, I never really thought about it. He said, well, you do improv, you're writing on your feet, so why don't you try it? So I grabbed a friend of mine, Tracy Newman, and, <laughs> and we started writing scripts. And we wrote, I think, four, some Murphy Browns and other scripts, you know, that were, you know, forever ago. And, um, I, I, we, we gave them to Sherry and Bill, and they would be like, oh, yeah, this is good, this is good, this is good, whatever. So I just called Sherry to, to ask her somebody's phone number. She said, you guys still writing? I said, yeah, yeah. We're still doing it, trying to make a living in it, but not making a living in it. She said, send me a script. So we sent her one. Two days later, she goes, do you guys want to work on Cheers? Yeah. You know, I mean, that was a, the opportunity of a lifetime.
1: Yeah, it was, it was the, the, the um, crown jewel for television writers, it would be like what, like writing what today? Um, Modern Family, Modern Family, probably. Yeah. I will tell you one of the reasons that it, it was that we really wanted to hire you, and I think both of you probably have experienced this too. We wanted you in the room. We wanted to work with people that we trusted and liked and enjoyed being around, and that goes to one of the lessons that we talk about in this class too. It's about. Often you get hired because people want to spend time with you.
2: Yeah. You're your talent, a,
1: obviously your talent was there.
2: No, I know great writers that, that people do not want in their rooms. And, and they work, but not as much as really fun people in the room. Because you're a family, basically. You're there for 12, 14, 15, 16 hours a day.
1: Barry, do you think you've gotten jobs because people just want to be, spend time with you? Or just fun, fun to be with?
2: Um...
0: Gee. Well, I, you know, I, I did Spin City. Uh, Bill Lawrence wrote that. And uh, consequently, he wrote uh, Scrubs and uh, Cougar Town, And uh, he would have me on Cougartown or Scrubs just because he knew that I wasn't going to screw up really bad and that I could get a laugh occasionally, you know. And, and, and he knew how to write for me because he had been around for the six years. And I noticed that what he would do is that he would mine uh, so many of the people from Spin City because that was his first big hit um, to sort of spread out all of his other shows, you know, he'd put them in his other shows and I'm sure that's what you you do too in a way, you know, you trust them, they're sort of fun to be around, they, you know, they don't smell, you know, things like that. Or
1: even if they do.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I do, I think I've, you know, gotten some, Things that for that reason.
1: I, I mean, and you, and you just said that you're doing another, um, another film with the person, the, the people, the group that did um, the frankly, FDR. FDR. Yeah,
0: FDR. We're doing another one called uh, Helen Keller versus the Night Wolves. <laughs> yeah. Has anybody here seen the FDR uh, movie? One? That's all? Jesus.
1: We are very busy studying oh all gosh. the time. Oh, it's on yeah. Netflix. All we do they're is study very, They're right going to study tonight. Right in your
0: wheelhouse, guys. You've got to see this. Yeah. This is very funny. Go
1: look up FDR American Badass. Yeah. It's kind of... It's, it's, it's intentionally... The Bad. cheesiest, yeah, sure. most outrageous, offensive and ridiculous, and yeah. you are FDR.
0: I'm FDR, And your yeah.
1: wheelchair is like this semi-automatic... Oh, which, sh- yeah,
0: it shoots rockets and... It's things. a rocket... <gasps> oh, yeah, yeah, it's, and it's killing werewolves. It's...
1: Ridiculous and hilarious. And the yeah. worst werewolves... Oh, the worst. The, worst, the best worst wel- yeah. werewolves, I should say. Yeah. But, but the lesson here that I, that I really want to emphasize is be, be that person that people want to rehire... That once no. they've worked with you, they want to work with you again. Um, what what would you say goes into besides talent, besides being good at what you do, what goes into somebody wanting to work with you again and again, wanting to have you around?
2: It's being nice, being a team player. You know, <laughs> be willing to go the extra mile. You know, help out where you can and, and listen and take notes. And and you know, you don't have to take every single note, but at least listen and discuss and
1: by take notes, you mean when somebody gives you a suggestion, Yeah, don't question it, but go ahead and do it. Well,
2: you could, I think you can question it, but, but at least don't say no out of hand. You know, at least sit there and, and say, oh, that's, you yeah, know, okay, but, but what if this, I mean, that goes to writing, too, when that network will give you notes. You, I mean, all they want to do is be heard, so y- you just at least hear them, and you go, yeah, well, that's a great idea, but we're going to table that. And maybe do it another script or maybe not do it at all. But it's kind of that thing of just at least including other people, you know?
0: Yeah, and also I think um, uh, maybe people want to work with me occasionally is because I I will do something different almost every take. I will also, I would always bring a lot of choices to the table and it gives them a lot to work with. They know that if I'm coming in, I'm not going to just give the same performance from one to ten. In takes wise, and so you know, it creates some trouble because things don't always match. But um, I, my, my sense of the character grows from take to take, and uh, uh, it's how I discover the character. So, you know.
1: Do you plan those out in advance? Do you? Th- no, okay, no. So you're I think they come to me in the in car the
0: on the way to the studio. Most okay. of them,
2: they really do. Well, I then mean, you are like, finding them in the moment.
1: But you are finding them you're, 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 Yeah,
2: you're. you're things in the moment, you know, you're not, you don't just have it all planned out. Okay.
1: <laughs> just like All
2: this. right, I'm a liar. Yes, you, well, I'm not saying it. Let them no, right. say it. Okay.
1: Let's talk about being both. Let's talk about working both sides yeah. of the, of the well, table, which you've done, Johnny.
2: The, well, the one thing I did want to say was, if you're a writer, one of the best things you could do, I mean, going to college is a great thing, but if you go in as a writer's assistant, you learn so much. You learn more than you could ever possibly learn in college because you're in the middle of the room, you're dealing with the writers, and um, you're getting paid for it at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's the kind of job if you're looking for it, if you're looking to be an actor, try and get even if it's a job for free, somehow get involved in the acting thing, you know, whatever you're doing, because you learn by assimilation, you learn by watching people. Did I ever tell you a story about my grandfather? Oh, geez. (laughs) Here we go.
1: <laughs> in writing, no. ladies and gentlemen, that's a callback. We're <laughs> a running gag. Um, but I think, I, I do want to mention to you that as a writer, it is great to have acting experience. Improv, If, if you're writing in the, in the media, it's great to have that experience so that you know what the actor's experience of saying your lines are going to be. I think as an actor, likewise, it's great to have an experience of writing so that you know how to behave with, actor, with, with writers, how to express yourself and how to, how to work together.
2: Um, I, work, I worked on, a, when I did According to Jim, we had a, um, a woman who was a non-writing producer, and she had worked at ABC for years bef- uh, before that, and she quit her job at ABC and decided to work with us. And, and she told me, she said, uh, at one point, she said, you know, I wish that I would have gone in a room years before this, because I had no idea what this was like. And most people in the, the networks and studios, they don't know what it's like, because they don't want to sit there for 16 hours a day and work and, and try and figure out and realize how hard it is to figure out how to rewrite a script and everything like that. So it, it, it is really important to know all that stuff.
1: and to experience, But I want to, I in defense of college, because here we are, um, I want to say that I think there is no better and safer place to experiment with all the different um, disciplines, writing and acting, than in a university setting. Because your life and your job are not on the line.
2: Well, I went to a little school in Erie, small school. And my roommate was a guy named Michael Patrick King, who's a, a writer and producer. He did uh, um,
1: Sex, uh, in, the
2: Sex City. in the City, he did The Comeback. Um, he did all the Sex and City movies. Um, and, and this was just a little theater department, and we, we became friends in the theater department. So it really is just, it, all that, his job and mine just sprang from that.
1: Well, let me ask you a question, because here we are in college, in, at the university. What do, you, what things, if you can recall, it's a couple years ago, um, did you learn in school that, inform, that informed you through your careers? Hmm.
0: How to to plagiarize? plagiarize? Yeah, plagiarize and research and yeah.
1: Okay, so research.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I think so. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, research. Yeah, yeah, research, research, yeah, yeah, that was it, that's the answer. Would you tell me, give me a story about Bob Newhart, he's one of my favorites. I think Bob Newhart is brilliant. I think he's just—he's just—he's—he's he's like the, the the male Betty White in my, my eyes.
1: And we had Betty White on the Bob Show as well. Yeah. Um, Bob is wonderful. And Bob, for uh, two two television series, the first one being the Bob Newhart Show, right? And the second series being Newhart, played this affable, put upon guy surrounded by crazy people. Yeah. We got to know Bob when we were at, at uh, Paramount and we got to know that he was not just this affable put-upon guy but that he had a wicked sense of humor and teeth and he could bite back and he was fun. And so we decided in the third show, first there was the Bob Newhart show, then there was Newhart, we decided that for Bob, which was the show that we created, uh, he, would, he would have, his character, uh, Bob, would have that same kind of bite Um, And what we failed to recognize was that nobody else in America, except for us, wanted to see a different Bob Newhart. Uh, We thought it would be really fun for people to see a side of him that they had never seen before. Mm. Um, But we were very, very wrong. And like Johnny said, we had the most wonderful time. Working with him was the best, best, best. And all week long was perfect except for, and it played on, the show came on Friday nights, and on Saturday mornings we'd get the ratings, and we realized we were all alone, that we were misunderstood, Hmm. and that America just didn't want that. I know that's not the story you're looking for here.
0: No, no, it is the story. But
1: I I think it is important to hear that sometimes, we had been told that doing a a third show with Bob Newhart, whose first two shows were extremely successful, that this show would be a slam dunk. And we trusted that, and we tried to go off-model, And we just didn't get by him. Mm. Now, I think we might today, but today was not then. At that time, we just couldn't get it. And we struggled because we loved it. We all loved it.
0: Well, he just did, what was that show he's just on? Uh, uh, With the three or four guys that (laughs) they're all, they're all.
1: Right, right, right. I think that was. It's
0: like the number one show show on television right now. The comedy
1: Oh, Big Bang Theory? Big
0: Bang Theory, right? right? So he was on Big Bang Theory. But he played the Bob from the first two the shows. The Bob that Not America the,
1: wants to see. Then
0: that's what everybody fell in love with yeah. again. It's yeah. interesting. yeah. yeah.
1: So, hmm. question over here. Um, if you guys could
0: play any character in the history of like, film or TV, who would it be?
1: Ah, if you could play any character, do you have a dream role that you would like to play? I'd like
2: to play him. <laughs> You would better la- than you, him. You wouldn't last a minute in here. <laughs> God, I, I, I've always wanted to play. I, I, I can't think of anybody I've right offhand specifically, but I've always wanted to play the most evil, horrible person ever. You know, I mean, maybe not like Hitler, but because that's been done. But but somebody that's really horrible. I just I really like playing evil people. I don't know why. Maybe it's maybe I'm evil. I don't know. <laughs> I, I just want to play
0: any part that Jimmy Stewart played.
1: Oh, that's good casting. Yeah,
0: yeah. Anything, any, any of even his cowboys, I would do one of his cowboys. I've never played a cowboy. I'd like to play a cowboy. <laughs> do you have any influence at all? Okay, no. because okay.
1: why? Just because to have that experience, to to live that that life for a moment.
0: Actually, I. I was just in Romania. I did a movie called um, uh, Scorpion King 4, uh, which would have been the fourth of the Scorpion King movies.
1: Right. And Uh, we all know Scorpion King 1 through 3.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the Rock was in the first. Okay. And then after that, there was always a guy who looked like The Rock. Okay. Yeah, and so we did four, and we were just in Romania. And um, uh, my character uh, had to ride a horse. And so the first day, the second day I was there, I had to go with a wrangler and learn how to ride this horse. And um, uh he- and the horse uh, threw me uh, at, oh. in the first day. A second, and I had the most horrible bruises and everything on my butt. But I couldn't help but wanted to show everybody. You know, I just dropped trow in a second. You know, <laughs> you want to see this? What the horse did to me? You know. And uh, so when I came time, to- Back to your butt. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, and when it came time to shoot the scene where I had to ride the horse, the director wouldn't let me ride the horse because he was afraid that I was going to get thrown again. And but. Uh, it, hello. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. And um, um, uh, why? Muting. What's the point? We that, all know. Sorry, guys. What was the point?
1: That the director wanted you so, back up. On oh, the horse. oh,
0: yeah. Get me back up on the horse. Oh, you wanted back no, up I, on the horse. I, so well, I, I would wanted to do it, but I didn't want to kill myself. But see, this is what happens when you shoot in foreign countries is that the guy who was the wrangler and was supplying the horses was, give, was putting all the actors on uh, male horses. M- mavericks? Are they Mavericks? No. Stallions? Uh, stallions. They were putting us all on stallions. And you don't put actors on a stallion.
1: Put them on a mare. You
0: put them on a mare. So, you know, because they, they, they want to fight you at every, at every turn, you know, and actors, you know, we, we have enough problems learning our lines and, you know, being on, on where you're supposed to be and then you don't want to have a horse fighting you the whole time. And uh, that's my whole story.
1: But you still want to be a cowboy.
0: Oh, sure. Okay. No, I'll be a cowboy. All yeah, right. I'll be a cowboy. But I, I won't be on a stallion. Not
1: on a stallion. I'll
0: be on a mare. No, co- like, this, this, sort of, this goes back to the beginning of this conversation. Being on oh, a mare. I got Okay, Um.
1: And and it's the, and the the Jimmy Stewart, we're going back to Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Um, Stewart, oh God. I like that, I think that's good casting.
0: I used to go to his house, he had a house in Beverly Hills, and I used to live up in the hills beyond him, uh, in a much smaller house, and he used on Halloween, on Halloween, if you went to his house, trick-or-treating, he would come to the door and give you the candy himself.
2: Oh. Yeah, it
0: was so sweet, and I went there, as a 42-year-old man <laughs> dressed up just to see Jimmy Stewart and get, you know, a Mars bar.
1: Were they fun-sized or were they full-sized? No,
0: that was, those were the days where you get the full size. you That's know. That's big. And, yeah.
1: <laughs> More questions. Yes, up in the top. Um, what do you do when you're not working? What do you do when you're not working?
0: I worry about not working and getting a job. Okay. You know, or I, I'm working towards <laughs> getting a job or I'm... Or I'm taking a yoga class or trying to get a little sun on my face so I look good. Or I'm working in my pottery studio, or I'm you know, uh, working with my kids in some way, de- dealing with my family.
1: Is the pottery do do? pure hobby, or do you?
2: <laughs> I'm asking You're- him the oh, question. Oh, Pass oh, oh, are you doing the interview now? Because yeah, i yeah, mean, would- Well, I'm just uh, relating. Okay. This but is a no. triangle here. Um, <laughs> I usually, I'm, I'm not working right now, and I, I, I write. I still write. I enjoy mm-hmm. it a lot. And I do a lot of... I do Instaplay with them. I do a, uh, I do a, a, a radio, radio recreation show called Fake Radio. I do the Groundlings, because I was originally uh, in the Groundlings company. And so I do the Groundlings shows. I do, I do a lot of live theater around town. And, and when, during the days, I write scripts, because I enjoy that. So I get to do both of the things I love. Yep. Can you write just on spec like
0: that? I mean, do you have the same energy to to work on something that you know doesn't have an audience
2: or a buyer? Yeah, because I'm writing what I want to write. Really? And I'm not writing what the studio wants me to write, which is if you you send them a treatment and they buy a treatment, then you've got four pages and they can completely tear that apart and make something else out of it. But if you're sending them a a 35-page script and you say, here's my vision... They either kind of have to accept that or they don't. Mm. You know, it's almost like I was saying when you're when you're an actor, you have to make a decision, a commitment before you do it, and say, "Here's what I like. Here's what I like." Now, you you may not like it. Yeah, that's okay. But this is my vision. Yeah, you know.
0: Yeah, you have to come in with a choice. Yeah, a strong choice.
1: Yeah. Well, and that and that relates to what you're talking about with acting as well. Coming in with that choice. Mm -hmm. But Johnny, what I want to ask you about that is when you put yourself into a script, when you really say. Here I've gone wholeheartedly into this, and here's what I want to say, and it gets rejected. Is that okay?
2: Well, I mean, you know, we, none of us like being having stuff rejected, but I, it's part. If you're going to do this business, you better get used to it. Well, then how do
1: you how do you pick yourself back up after I, you get told? I just no? say
2: I'm so much better than them.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: Yeah. I mean, really, you got to.
1: So, in other and I, words, and it's he, probably
2: true. I mean, you know, I've I've dealt with studio people and stuff, and I always assume I know more than them. So, that's kind of my mantra. So,
1: your sh- your your shield or your defense would be they just didn't understand it,
2: or they didn't. You know, they not like it if they don't. Or it's that's not okay. Their taste. I don't care. I can go in and do some acting. Somebody says, "Oh, you know, I didn't love it."
1: Well, that's okay. That's your opinion. I don't care. So, in other words, you don't take it personally no, I think that's really important, guys. I think that's important to hear and know because when you're creating something, it really is personal oh yeah you're putting you're you're putting your thoughts on the page, you're putting your emotions on the stage, and to get that rejected can be hurtful oh
2: if you can, if you know if you can get yourself so involved in it and you can, you take it extremely personally, get out now because it it's just going to be torture for you.
1: Do you get your feelings hurt, Barry? I know
0: you, you, you're going to make me cry. You, you, you said you were going to make me cry.
1: <laughs> you challenged me. You said yeah, I could. Yeah, yeah. Now no, I want to.
0: No, no, no. <laughs> I know. I, I take. I take it perso- I take every rejection personally on some level. You know, and um,
2: uh, we're like the goofus and gallant of acting and writing. Yeah. What?
1: Do you guys know who Goofus and Gallup is? Do you read your children's highlights? You want to read
2: Highlights Magazine? Come on, we're in the dentist's office. I still read it.
1: We read our iPad at the dentist now.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. that's right. Yeah. No, I do. I mean,
0: I take things really because I put a lot of effort into uh, auditioning for parts, you know? I mean, if you get a script two days ahead of time the audition, you know, I'm you know, I've, I've put in five or six, eight hours of thinking about it and trying to learn the lines just for the audition and this and that. And then if I go in and then, you know, I don't get a callback or I don't get the part, yeah, I want to know why. And and so much of the time these days, nobody has time to tell you why. There's no feedback anymore in our business, as you know. I mean, I'm sure you know. It's like, you go in, well, they don't want me, fine. But he, you, nobody's ever going to tell you why you didn't get the part other than the... Other than the fact that you you would instinctively maybe know that, you know, well, I'm ten years too old for the part or, you know, that I just suck. You know.
1: Well Johnny John says his defense mechanism is to assume that they just didn't get it. That they that that whoever it is that is saying no just doesn't get it. And that's a really useful.
2: But I think it's also saying that's okay if they if if, it's not just saying they don't get it. They don't like it. That's okay. I mean, I'd rather have somebody say to me, oh, yeah, I didn't really like it, than go, yeah, it was really good, you know? I mean, I'd just rather say, oh, I didn't like it. Okay, now so your you cup of tea.
1: You want, you want the truth and move on. Yeah. But how do you, when, if you, if you experience that kind of rejection, how do you bounce back from it?
0: Well, first Could, of all, I, I, am I on still? I, I always know when I'm not going to get the part. because i Am not. I still on?
1: Can you guys hear? Can,
0: I, can you hear me? Yeah, I'm still on. Okay. Now I have to have an answer. Please. What was the question?
1: Um, how do you bounce back from rejection?
0: Oh, I was going to say, when I'm uh, leaving an audition, if if the producer or the writer or or the casting person says, "Thanks so much for coming in," you know, uh, 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 you know, and thanks so much for being here, and I always know that I'm not going to get the part, you know, because they were so overly gracious. The fact that I drove an hour and a half to get there and spent, you know, a day of my life and, and this and that, uh, and uh, so that's why I hate everybody in our business.
1: Right. So, in other words, you're saying they don't get it. But, but I, I wonder, just in yourself, because I think that we are all, we are as long as we are alive, we are all, and creative. We're putting ourselves on the line. If I put myself out there, I'm either going to be accepted. Or I'm going to be rejected. Right. And howdy, and bouncing back from rejection. And I think we all have our own ways of doing it, but I think figuring out those ways and, and being able to call upon them.
2: Yeah, I mean, everybody has a different way of doing it. And it's not to say that it doesn't hurt. It does, but you have to, it's, you know, just take it in and let it roll off. I mean, there's... There's just no other way to do it. Go, if you take t- it in, you're yeah. just gonna, it, you're you're not gonna stand this business.
1: That's interesting. I mean, if even I, maybe it might even work for some of you to, you know, imagine that rejection like beating up and like you know like water on a skillet and just rolling off you.
2: Yeah,
0: that's just a matter of time. I mean, it's like you get rejected so much, and it's interesting because the older you get, the more sort of spiritual you get about it, you know, and you get to the point where you're going, well, that just wasn't. In my, it's in my future. In it sense.
1: wasn't meant to be. It wasn't be.
0: meant to be. You know, the thing your mother always used to say, you know, one door closes, the other door opens. Well, you know, there's always Robert something Bradford. better around the corner, you know, and, uh, and you try to remember those, those simple thoughts and those simple sort of things that get you through life because they're really true.
1: I think they are true. You know? They, they have to be true. Yeah. Because you have to go on.
0: Yeah, you can't let it Bog you down, and, and and the more and the more rejection you get, you, the more you realize that that's just the nature of the business and any business. I mean, I wouldn't want to be in probably most of the businesses that the, most of you are going to go into, because uh, you're going to be rejected and failures.
2: But it's true, in life. And, it's, uh, it's you know, true in life. It's true in life, though. Surviving. It's true in life. I mean, you, you, it's the same thing. I mean, if, you, if you're worried about what everybody's going to think about you as, a, yeah. oh, my God, they're going to hate me. I mean, obviously, you want to try and be a nice person, but you can't please everybody, and, and you have to just kind of go, hey, look, if you don't like me, I get that. You know, you don't have to. There's no rule that says you have to like me. Move on, we'll both move on, whatever, you know.
0: Oh, thank you. But why are but, but but why are but,
2: but why well, but why are we in a business then that
0: is it, it, why do we put ourselves in that position of being rejected, you know uh, every week I'm I put myself in a position of being rejected, and um, and and it's sort of like the quest of getting over it, you know it's sort of like. Um, well, how am I going to deal with rejection this week, and will I survive it, and what do I have to go through mentally and emotionally to
2: prepare myself and or get over it? I think we're risk takers. Risk takers. We're risk takers. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't skydive, I don't you know, bungee jump or anything like that, but in a way, what I do is pretty much the same thing. I'm, I'm, I'm doing it all the time I go out because I'm, I'm willing to, to take yeah. that risk to be rejected, which is hard, And, uh, I mean, that's what we do on a daily basis. And I like I mean, I don't gamble or anything, but that's kind of my gamble. And, And the thing about show business, too, which I do love, and I've said this to a lot of people, is I know people that are, right now, down, almost down to their last dime. Tomorrow, they could be huge successes. All it takes is one good audition. I had an acting teacher who says, all it takes is one good audition. Because if you nail that and you get on a series that runs for 10 years, boom, you're done. You're good. You got it. But that's the problem with our business is that, you know, you, you, you're you
0: constantly living in this fantasy world that next week it's you're going to be above the curve as opposed to just sort of being under the radar. But here. it's not fantasy. It's true.
2: You it can does be. Have,
1: you know, we, we, we had a fail... I mean, it was, a very, it was very successful in terms of our experience, but our Bob Newhart show that was supposed to have been a slam dunk lasted 30-some episodes, whereas you did according to Jim.
2: I thought that was over after that years? pilot. I really did. I, I, said, I said to my writing partner, all right, let's back up our offices. We're done. We're not going to. This will never go. And now, how many years un, un, did it play? 192 episodes.
1: Almost 200 Eight episodes. episodes. Yep.
2: Why? Yeah, I keep asking myself that, too. No, but, I mean, seriously, Why? Uh, I don't know. I I, I have no. I mean, was it
0: the chemistry between the actors? Because, well, Belushi. What was he? You know, Belushi.
2: Yeah, I don't want to talk. we won't talk about oh, that. <laughs> Honestly,
1: it was the chemistry. Was, I would say between the actors and the United States. I America. think that's it. Yeah, people it's people it, You know, you never know, back then. you never know what
2: America's. You never know what America's going to like. I mean, anybody. There's a there's a movie, and I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's kind of old. It's called The Barefoot Executive. And it's a story about a monkey that starts picking the shows on a network and it becomes extremely <laughs> successful. And you know what? It's absolutely real. It's not true, but it's, it's real. It, any monkey can pick the shows because it doesn't matter. It, it, if America likes it, it's gonna go, but you never know what America's gonna like.
1: We're always guessing. That's William Goldman famously said in Adventures in the Screen Trade. William Goldman, who wrote The Princess Bride, among many other wonderful, wonderful works, said, nobody knows anything. And I think that's been a theme that we've heard here too, but it's this creative urge that causes us to keep trying to guess what is going to work. Is that fair?
2: Yeah, it's like that. It's, it's, it's it, you're gambling, and when you hit, when the, ja- you hit the jackpot, you, it's a high that you cannot uh, duplicate on any other scale. Am I right about that?
0: What about reinventing yourself every seven years? Do you do that? I mean, in some way, do you do that? I do. Yeah, I mean, I think that's really true. I, it's particularly in show business or as an actor, as your looks change and as your voice changes and as you get more self-confident or less confident, you know, you, you have to sort of reinvent yourself. And I think everybody does that. in every job that you're going to do, you have to find a way, a new way of doing it every seven years. And I think seven years is the, is the... Is a number.
1: I think there must be some physics about that because it's true. I think that there are these opportunities to, to become. And, and I think that, that probably more than any generation we've known to date, you people are going to have the chance to have many, many careers. Yeah. Because the world is changing at such a rapid rate. Um, we are about out of time. It's about time to take a quiz. But before we do that, please help me thank our wonderful <laughs> actors. Not disappoint you. You really brought not only the horror, but the scary, and I think that's really important to hear. But you also brought us really important lessons um, that we're going to remember. So
0: I thought he brought more horror than anything else tonight. Okay.
1: Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you next week th- with Bonnie, uh, Bonnie Bruckheimer is coming next week oh. to talk to us about making movies. Go see
0: the Rocky Horror tonight at 10 o'clock. 10
1: o'clock at Embarcadero. Have a wonderful, safe, and sane Happy Halloween. Halloween. and a wonderful, good weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Have a thank good Thank you quiz. for
0: having us. Thank, thank,
1: you. thank you very much, thank gentlemen. You.